All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen and NBs. Man, here we are, episode episode three. Welcome to the Co-op Champions. I am one of your uh, hosts, your average Ryan. Also, well, Ryan. <laughs> it should be Ryan, also known as your average Ryan, um, on most of my social medias. Uh, I'm here with my other fantastic co-host. Yeah, you already know it's Keon, or AKA Carefree, or Free, whatever you want to call me. And we lit. Carefree with a K. Oh yeah, let them know. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're having a man. Three episodes in, and we we are a lot further in on that game than than where we are describing to you guys now. So like trying to conjure up the memories of of what feels like forever ago which i mean now at time of recording we well by the time this episode comes out it'll be uh, probably officially a month Mm -hmm. since the game's release so we are a month in this game and we are describing to you guys in this episode we're going to be covering the swamp and maybe a few other things but you know it's wild it's wild to believe that we're already a month in Mm -hmm. and uh how many hours have you put in that game? Mm, mm, hold on. I'm going to tell you directly. I think last time I checked, I was at 170. But mm. as I check right now, yeah, 170.9. Yeah, a lot of playthroughs. And still haven't hit Act 3 yet. And mm-hmm. none of them. All right. You're trying to keep pace with, with our main playthrough, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Keon's been going through and playing other playthroughs, messing with the game and their mechanics a little bit more than I have. I've I've messed with it a little bit without without him. I got a uh, a dark urge druid um, that mm. I'm that I'm kind of messing with at the moment. The team is Gale, Astarian, and uh, Shadowheart. You know, you gotta have Shadowheart in there. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's pretty much, you know, I'm still in act one messing around, just running around doing, doing just a little bit of stuff. I have, um, whew, I was messing around with a druid and I got about uh, a couple hours in, I changed my path, went and got, uh, once we finished helping the grove, went and got Carlac and that playthrough was mostly centered around that and I was a wood elf, but. I really don't like that playthrough because they don't have any widows with Afrocentric features. So I was just like, mm. but it is what it is. And then my other, then I have a Dark Urge playthrough. That one I'm pretty far in. But some of the decisions I made and some of the things that happened, it's like, uh, I don't like the way that one was heading. But I might play back through it eventually. But so. I created another Dark Urge because for the longest, even in tabletop D&D, Baldur's Gate, I've been talking about playing a Gloom Stalker, Assassin Rogue. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally do it. And I know the Glooms, uh, well, spoilers, I know the Dark Urge gets a particular item that once they eliminate an enemy, it turns them invisible. I said, so what better than, like, it could be redundant, but what better than a Rogue? Assassin, Gloom Stalker, Dark Urge with that cloak. It's like, 
you'd be the master of shadows. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the uh, build I'm going with. Could throw some shadow monk in there, but I'd be trying to stick with sumo classes. With twelve levels too, it's it kind of harder to justify multi class and outs out of more than just two, in my opinion. As of right yeah. now, just like doing a few playthroughs. It's like if, once you wear the game out a little bit more and you want to get wild with it, um, before I guess dipping into some mods, which there are some neat mods out there that I've seen or heard mm-hmm. tell of. Um Man, but, the min maxing, the mid maxing is crazy. Like there I say they'll tell you, okay, starting off, take these levels up to this. But then once you get this certain amount of levels, respect all of this so you can get these proficiencies here. And then I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> just deep dives. It was going the... crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'll be watching it. it. <laughs> but I haven't implemented any of those tactics because I'm trying to get away from min maxing as, as I do uh, with a lot of stuff. But fun experience messing around with stuff i talked about my playthroughs but i didn't even talk about my main one which is my paladin he romance and shadow heart and he has lazelle with him and will well right now he's running with carlac uh will shadow heart and himself so you got mm. a paladin a cleric he's a oath of vengeance light cleric will i love him as his his same the fiend right and um carl likes a wild wild heart barbarian the bear totem give you resistance to everything but psychic damage and the amount of movement that carl gets bro is ridiculous like she can move all the way across the board and jump move handle this and then move somewhere else hey. i really uh I really like Carlette. I might start uh, using her some. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. I, I use her in, in the other game. Change her to um, that Wild Heart, man. You'll enjoy it so much more than the other ones, like the Frenzy one. I'm like, uh. But that um, Wild Heart one, yeah. You'll love it. Yeah, I definitely got to gotta branch out a little bit. I mean, we even in like our our main playthrough, I've mostly stuck with Willa's companion. We've dipped into car like I've dipped into car like a little bit. Um, you've played with around with with Gail a little bit or staring. Well, actually, Gail hasn't officially joined our our team until a way later than where we're gonna describe it where we're at in this episode. But um, oh oh. I just remembered you were, you got to give a stir in his dues this in this episode. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. Finally, finally, y'all get to hear about <laughs> how Asteria really saved our ass. <laughs> and now that we gave a little introduction and some banter back and forth, like we usually do, just casually. Now it's time to get into the what? The meat and potatoes of the stew. <laughs> the meat and potatoes of the stew. Here we go. All right, where we last left off, we were pretty much we were headed to the swamp. Um, there, there at this point, there's not a lot else that we can figure out what to do mm-hmm. in the first act area of this of this first part. So I guess yeah, we just head to the swamp and we come across uh, we come across these two brothers. 
What were their names again? You written them down. Joe and oh yeah, Demir? Joe and Demir. Yeah, so so Joe and Demir are arguing with this old lady, asking her like where is she and stuff, and and this old lady's just like blowing them off, you know. And so Helena, my character, she steps up, you know, she got to step in. She she a little nosy, mm. and she's listening. And um, basically, she asked, I guess for my help or or my opinion on the matter or something. And basically, Helena can tell she's in disguise, so she basically says, you know, she points that out, and Ethel who uh, we come to find out is her name. Um, Ethel gets mad and she uh, and she disappears. Basically, she threatens us and disappears. And then the brothers brothers are also not happy and we offer our help, but they're they're being stubborn and uh, basically deny it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Ethel, Lady Ethel, she was just basically trying to gaslight and manipulate you into coming to her aid, acting as if she was a damsel in distress when mm-hmm. the whole time she was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Yeah, now, the thing about this swamp area, the thing about Ethel is it kind of changes... It doesn't change Helena, but it does... We'll get to a point that it does uh, majorly affect her her character in a, in a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we go walking around the swamp. Uh, the swamp honestly didn't seem that big Mm-mm. of an area um, to explore. Maybe we missed some spots. Maybe I know. I know throughout this area there was um, times where uh, the characters would point out, "Oh, if if one of us was smaller, we'd be able to fit through here." So uh, begrudgingly, one of us, both of us, maybe will have to do a. Um, gnome or halfling uh, playthrough at some point. Maybe, and, uh, um, maybe I was thinking because you ran into that. I ran into that a couple of times. So I thought maybe like a druid and you turn into a badger mm, or something. I said perhaps wild shape could help you get through those spots, but I don't yes. know because there's a spot like that in the goblin camp where Halson is. Mm-hmm. If you go upstairs, there's like a a hole and there's a skeleton in it with kind of a decomposing body. And you could pull out the body and talk to him, but speak with the dead and talk with him. And I forgot what he told you. Must not have been anything too significant. Just talking about how he tried to escape. And it says you can use like some type of force or something because the hole is still like crumbled in and caved in on itself. And I remember it's like, maybe if you were smaller, you can get through. But I tried to shoot Eldrick Blast at it and hit it and blow it up. But I couldn't, couldn't ever get, oh, maybe I needed a power, powder smoke bomb. That probably would have worked. I'll try that one playthrough. The, I didn't even think about doing a, a wild shape into a small arrow. That's smart. That's yeah, smart. try it out. I need but, to play uh, yeah. a short king though. I, I gotta stop <laughs> it. I gotta play a short king. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about uh I slightly slandered uh gnomes and halflings because I said it was begrudging. <laughs> I don't want to get any hateful feedback. I know people really do like those 
those uh uh ancestries so for me you know. personally uh the movement speed well i know halflings they can move super fast with that light foot but like gnomes they have all these good proficiencies no the dwarfs have all these good proficiencies but that 25 move speed movement speed suboptimal especially when i was playing echo knight with this the main campaign i'm playing in it's like i'm like nah i need all the movement speed i can get but they got little stubby legs yeah i know (laughs) anyway so we find we find this uh old lady's house right we go in it and there, sure enough sitting there at the table is uh is marina i believe that's her name yeah marina yeah yeah, so uh basically we talked we talked to Ethel about it and um she mentions that we all have that tadpole parasite in us. She offers to take it out. Now if you remember Volo Volo had offered to do the same thing or try to, right? Um mm. and I turned I had turned him down. And this is Helena Helena's talking to uh talking to Ethel. And um this time I felt bad because last time I, I I didn't do it with uh, Volo, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see where this goes. I should have gone with Volos, but um, now I've got one regular looking eye, and or well, Helena's got one regular looking eye, and then another one that's a uh, uh, demon eye, right? Ethel ends up digging your eye out. I believe, and um, trying to pull the worm out, and uh, ultimately she fails. She she had it. She had said she would she would do this for us. We had made a little bargain or whatever. Yeah, you know, she failed. So Eleanor was Eleanor was pretty upset. Uh, demanded for her to 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 fix it, and she just she gave Helena a hag's eye instead. So mm-hmm. I've got. Now I've got the demon eye and a hag's eye that is like green with like a green iris or whatever. I mean, it looks aesthetically, it looks cool, but uh, it gives me a negative one in perception, um, a plus one in intimidation, which is nice, and a disadvantage when attacking hags, which later, if you've played through this part already and you've taken the same course of action that we have, you'll you'll find out pretty soon that is going to be trouble for us down the road. Mm-hmm. And um uh, adding a bit of context, it also gives you um disadvantage on like all perception checks, like even out in the mm-hmm. wilderness and stuff. And about um Marina when you first like open up the door, she's basically being forced by Ethel to eat a lot of food. And she's like, I can't take another bite. And then Lady Ethel's like, Yeah, you're eating for two. So that's some more con like some more context of what was going on in that scene. Which was uh, so was she pregnant or yeah yeah she was pregnant. Oof, I feel bad because about that. Hags and oh damn yeah yeah. <laughs> if you know hags and a pregnant woman, the tragedy behind it, we'll get to all of that. But yes, uh, yeah, she was definitely eating for two. But uh, yeah, so she couldn't remove it because the the tadpole apparently is something she called uh, shadow touched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah, then Ethel dips. She takes Marina and they dip. And I'm like, what the what the hell, man? Like now, now I've got disadvantage on all this stuff. 
for just one measly plus one. It's a shame. Cool aesthetic, yeah. though, but a shame. And at this point, uh, I don't think... I think now, after that, that's when Hel- I respect Helena back into being a um, a paladin instead of a barbarian. Because at this point, um, we've got... I've got Carlac with us as well, and you've switched out for Asterian. Yeah. Just for a little flavor and a little switch mm-hmm. up. Just to see. But yeah, then we go into Ethel's lair. Yeah, we fucked up shit in the lair. <laughs> we did. The oh. lair was pretty cool. Um, it had a lot of stuff. A lot of people were um, imprisoned in weird Oh, different yeah. ways, uh, interesting and fucked up ways that aligned with the deals that they made with Ethel. Yeah. I, um. Then we proceeded, and in order to get to the underground part of her lair, you have to go through the fireplace. It's basically an illusion, and so you go down there, and it's like kind of like a museum of like some of her most the atrocities and mm-hmm. way she's bamboozled people basically i know um there's one person i think it's a known not a, yeah a dwarf maybe and he's petrified then there's another okay. person like just holding their head and then there's the person that's like traumatized and you try and talk to him but all he sees is I don't know what he sees you as. Maybe a mind flare? I'm not sure, but he's like a... Yeah, I think some, something like that. He he thinks we're some sort of monster, for sure. And you cannot, like... Maybe you can, but all the checks I did did not work. Maybe you could put some spells to make them... Like maybe a, prote- a protection from evil and good spell would break it. I didn't even... Well, I didn't have Shadowheart anyway, but I didn't even think about trying to creatively help them which and another playthroughs in the playthroughs in the future i will attempt those but at that point in time you know this playthrough is like a lot real reactionary what was going on because trying to play it just true to form you run into the i remember ryan had a, a slight complaint i believe it was in here when one of his companions saw something but he couldn't really figure oh, out where yeah. it was at on the map like because, you know, they give you that little light-up ping area. But if you go in there, the lighting is kind of strange because there's always there's glowing things already. Then it's dim in there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, they, they just basically, they just say, oh, look at this or something. And then it's like, where, where am I supposed to be looking? Like, yeah. doesn't give a, a, a ping or anything of that nature. And then you go, and as you keep continue to explore, you see this giant, like, wooden face of a door, kind of like a tree. No matter what, per, like, persuasion checks or intimidation checks I try, he would not, it would not let me through. And once you get enough saves, you realize that it's an illusion and that you could walk right through, but I can never get through it. And... I knew from early access from like researching because I was like, why am I stuck here? Maybe there's some books or something we overlooked that explains it to you. Or maybe it's some type of checks or something that explains it to you. But 
I didn't know. So when I had searched it up when I was on early access and went and got the mask, I didn't have I didn't have Shadow Heart. I said, why didn't I use protection from evil and good? I didn't have Shadow Heart. Mm-hmm. So um put the mask on and I'm passing the checks at first and I get us through it. Now at this point, before we go on any further, I want to point out the game glitched out on us. Yeah. I was able to walk through whereas Liana got stuck in the door. Like the door closed again for some reason. And like literally Keon could not move at all. And we had to reboot the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the it, bugs we ran into that was kind of like interesting. But that area was buggy anyway, even in early access. But then I was like, oh, it's EA, so whatever. But something about that Hags area, and once you get down there in that layer, just that room and that transition in between those two areas, just something's kind of shaky. But I'm sure now with all the bug fixes and the latest patch, it's probably not even an issue. So I may be talking about an issue that's not even mm-hmm. an issue anymore. But regardless, during that time, before this was before the first patch during that time that was a bug so maybe it's fixed now yeah had to get had to handle that and um once we get through i start filling my checks well let me first explain what happens when you put the mask on so when you put the mask on I forgot what it's called. Weeping Mask, Mask of Sorrow, something something cool and edgy like something that. Something edgy, yeah. And when you put it on, you hear uh, Ethel's voice in the background, and she's like, Eli, be quiet, man. <laughs> He's like, his he wants to be the third podcaster. <laughs> you, know, you hear her talking to you in your head and t- basically telling you she'll take care of you and that um, you're in good hands now. Very creepily and the way they did the reverberance and the audio it really made it seem internal and uh those audio engineers a1 because that's crazy but that's um, cool i didn't know i didn't know uh that happened so that's yeah, a neat little flavor that I that i was completely unaware of yeah once you put that mask on she starts talking to you and um you keep seeing these checks you keep passing Maybe wisdom save your wisdom saves and it keep rolling and rolling and rolling because your mind is under constant like attack from her to be controlled and enthralled basically. And so once we get through, I failed enough saves where Leona turns hostile and everybody mm-hmm. in the squad jump her ass. <laughs> yeah, at this point, because I, I was messing around with something. I don't remember what it was. And I thought I, I had accidentally hit your character, um, Liana, and made her angry. So I was like, oh, shit. We're about to, we're about to brawl. I did not mean for this to happen. And so, uh, and then, then you told me it's because you failed all your saves. So I was like, okay, yeah. we had to, we had to, uh, <laughs> Asterian, Karlak, and, and uh, Elena, uh, unfortunately, had to jump Liana to get that mask put, off of her. Put the beats on her. She did get a lick on one person. <laughs> she did get off on one person. It wasn't enough to knock him, but she can't say she got one hit. But yeah, they put the beats on her. Urban Moran said, ah, I'm sorry I had to do this. Because <laughs> Liana's got, uh, you know, she, she carries around. Um, at this point, 
it's it wasn't soul catcher it was that flaming sword the ever burning sword yeah so like she's in there like in her in her like i i'm she's wearing like this um gear she found in the goblin uh camp that's got like uh teeth for a necklace and stuff she's got a witch hat going on she looks really badass i'm like i'm sorry i gotta do this and just just start wailing on <laughs> yeah they, they everybody got to lick in they beat mm-hmm. the brakes off of her so then once uh liana's down and they take the mask off of her because now we're through the illusionary door we spam our short rest because i need mm-hmm. some help back yeah then we proceed forward um, was there anything noticeable of uh, the uh traps and the gas and all of that stuff you had to get through? I don't even remember that. I remember once we get a little further in, we run into the um into the other people that have that have masks on the other servants, and that's mm-hmm. when the game tells you, "Hey, there's a there's a uh pass it or what is it um." Non-lethal. Uh, not yeah, non-lethal. It, it tells you that there's a non-lethal combat mode, and it's like, well, dang, that's that that would have been, it's interesting to know beforehand. Yeah, because maybe if like in the Grove situation, if you would have decided to attack Kaga, you could have put it in non-lethal. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, anyway, because I was about to go on a long tangent, but yeah, um, there's an area where <laughs> where you got to kind of climb up and there's like these noxious odors and I feel like they'll blow up and you gotta navigate through all of that those spores and whatever and then once you get past that you run into the other people with the mask on other victims of hers and apparently there's a way to save them but we knocked some out I think Will did kill one because he had got up behind us and had got elevation on us and he was just marking shit from the hip position so will we didn't have will at this time we had not will uh, who killed him a starian um a starian yeah a starian killed him a starian took his ass out not will uh, uh, sneak so, attack damage i'm so used to will clutching up but now it won't will mm-hmm. this time a starian nope. he went out there killed him which fits with his character perfectly because he ain't thinking about non-lethal damage. He loves violence. But, um, yeah, we had, um, went, and I think we had at least knocked out two of them. Yeah, we had knocked out a few. They died anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but they died anyway. So I'm like... Yeah, we... We took the mask off. I wonder if it's because we took the mask off of them. Probably. That they, they just couldn't survive they've gone through so much already maybe had to keep the mask on to take it off themselves which for for, uh, this kind of nitpicky but for me i don't think that makes sense like if i'm fighting somebody and they got a mask that's controlling their brain basically what we just did with um leona knocked her Mm -hmm. ass out took the mask off she was good so we probably went in under the impression of i remember i was like we gotta take their mask off because i didn't want them to be unconscious and then wake up with the mask on and then we got to fight them again so it's like they unconscious yeah let's take the mask off and they wake up they'll come back to their senses but no i wonder anyway i wonder if we if we had knocked them out went and killed ethel and then when we came back they would have been able to take the mask off i wonder if that would have been ah yeah 
Yeah, because maybe Ethel killed them when the mask came off. Maybe it was Look, some type I, of binding spell or something. All it sounds like to me is they they were victims to uh, Liana's main character <laughs> uh, syndrome. For the, uh, not main character <laughs> syndrome, but like the fact that our characters are, are the main characters of this story. So they're yeah. just not going to outright kill Liana if she takes the mask off. But Oh yeah, that like plot NPC, armor. Yeah, the plot armor. There we go. That's the word for it. Hey, it was that tadpole. Yeah, the tadpole saved The tadpole saved The dreamy stranger. Yeah, the dreamy stranger came in and said, no, not today. <laughs> that old dreamy stranger. Yeah. But we go a little further in there and we run into uh, Ethel again. And sure enough, she's got, uh, what was that girl's name again? I'm sorry, guys. I forgot it. It's uh, Marina. Marina. She's got Marina in a cage over a chasm. Now, at this point, I do not have the command spell. And it, this is a little bit of a, a nitpicky complaint for me. There is a, like, this cage, right, has enough space in my, like, the way it looks, it has enough space that a mage hand could occupy the inside of that cage with her, right? So we take a, I take a, or before we even get in that, sorry. She's got, she talks to, uh, Ethel talks to us. And uh, she's like, you guys shouldn't have come in here and sets the cage on fire. So we have to, we now have to save Marina, who's dangling over this, this chasm in a, in a cage that's on fire while having to deal with Ethel and her bullshit. Because she's, she's just basically, uh, she's got duplicates of herself, illusions of herself everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now... Like I said, I, I feel like there was enough room in that cage from the way it looked that there could have been a mage hand. Uh, yeah, mage hand up there. So um, we end up, I throw a potion of feather fall up there. And then I try to get the mage hand to go up there to push her off. So she'll be able to just drift over to uh, the ledge. Because if you drop the cage or destroy the cage that she's in, she'll she's dangling over the chasm, right? And it's just not gonna work. I, yeah. So I felt like there was they only gave you a limited amount of ways to save her, mm-hmm. versus a. There seemed like there should have been able a a, a few other ways. Um, but. Yeah, that goes to how we were in the first episode, how we were saying, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a video game, mm-hmm. and it cannot emulate a tabletop RPG to the fullest, because tabletop RPG, you could have just tried to convince her to jump, because it was a gap, but she could have made that gap, probably would have took she... some damage, but she could, she probably could have made that gap. Maybe there was a way you could talk to her in the midst of combat, I don't know, but I doubt it, but... Yeah, that was that was a, a couple ways, and you know, I didn't have Shadowheart at this time, so I didn't have the create and destroy water spell. So I was like, dang, I can't even put the fire out. Once we get a little further, which if y'all played it, y'all probably already know. <laughs> but anyway, let's continue with our uh, with our story of trying to uh, save what's her name, Marina. Mm-hmm. So now we got this ticking clock. There's things on fire. Uh, there's uh, three or four uh, versions of of Ethel, and uh, 
Magic Missile does a pretty good job of like helping us figure it out and just uh Helena now because she has the the Hag's eye has disadvantage on her attacks towards Ethel. Didn't save her, but it just gave her disadvantage on uh on being attacked. Or Ethel disadvantage on being attacked. So we ended up you know, what was it? I think I ended up destroying the cage, trying to put the fire out or something. And unfortunately, Marina and her apparently unborn child dropped into the chasm. It popped up. It said a little note. It's like Marina perished in the chasm. It's like, damn. Yep. <laughs> damn. And in my other playthroughs, I was just over there fighting and I saw that you could just, there was a control thing on the left side that she could just go over there and click and it'd bring her down. I kind of felt, kind of felt stupid, but I was just thinking like, there's no way that she would have that over there. Cause I just assumed it was like magical. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have been paying more attention in the cutscene. but we were, yeah. we were just in the moment, man. We were just like, okay, it's time for action. And we hopped to it. We were like, we gotta, we gotta try our best. And but yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, that would, um, some of our solutions would work, but, and even, um, Helena even popped a fly, a spell of flight mm-hmm. and you, you try to fly up there to her, but I don't think it would allow you to. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't let Helena in the, in the cage to help her out at all. It was a little annoying. I, I wasted my whole potion of flight that I had found on, on basically for nothing. Yeah. And Ethel Ethel was a pretty strong combat. Um had it not been for Asterion and his sneak attack damage, uh, because she was she was whooping Carlac's ass, man. Yeah. She was beating that that typhoon. She's a typhoon or just a, a devil? She's I think a, she's a typhoon. Yeah, she's just a typhoon. She was beating that typhoon's ass, man. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> it's true. It is Every, true. You said she was beating that pipeline. She was. Every time you turn around, she was going down, and it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we couldn't get the positioning right because nah. we had all ran around that right side to try and help, try and help her, help Marina. Yeah, Marina, but. You know, fucked up the positioning, and mm-hmm. um, we were able to with cutting action and everything. I was able to get a staring up, up elevated, um, towards that back end. If you go around the right side and continue on past the cage, it's a little part you can climb up on. But if you continue on around, that's where the fight with um, Ethel and everyone was taking place at. So we were there oh, fighting. Carlac getting her ass whooped. Uh, Leanna, she trying, but she she doing what she can do. Uh, you know, Helena has disadvantage on the attacks. I remember you you were the who finished. I think Helena finished. Was, her off. Helena finished her off because it went into a cutscene for of her basically trying to. Oh yeah. For her life. Yeah, I gotta say something else about that too. What we could have uh, gotten from her if. We oh yeah, I feel bad because. 
So basically, she's begging for her life. Helena's already mad that this this hag stole her eyeball. Or not stole her eyeball, but fucked up her eye. Marina's dead. And I can't hit the I can I have disadvantage on my hit, so so I'm already upset with her. We're not the only one that's able to consistently get damage off on this hag is is Asterion. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's mixed if if Helena can do it. Um so I just ended up pushing her off. We're on a on this little overpass that goes over the chasm, and I'm just like, fuck this, and I just knock her off. She falls to her death. She does say, you can kill me now, but I have a way to, I, I can get back. So I wonder if we will see her again eventually or not. Um, I would Probably hope so, not. But I doubt it. I There's, um when I was researching like more information about names and whatnot to, for the podcast and just searching things up, apparently there's a book somewhere uh, on the game about how to kill a hag so, like permanently I don't know if it's um, well I mean it was on that guide so maybe it was actually useful and mm-hmm. helpful and um, that's pretty cool yeah, take, and I guess to fully take him out but let me give Astarian his praise mm-hmm. this man this pale elf I'm sure he at least did 65 maybe mm-hmm. even 70% of the damage on Ethel. Dude, I was spamming. I would uh, uh hide, shoot, like twenty something damage. Then I would yeah. uh pen in action, hide again, twenty something damage. There was one time she did turn around and attack him and I was like, Oh Lord, I said, Now if we lose a star in, it, it's over for us. I said, He's the win condition. But um thankfully Helena was able to redirect Ethel's like attention back. And then we got got her to the point where that scene happened and Helena in her rage and probably feeling feeling defeated because you know she couldn't save couldn't save the person she came there to save, couldn't save Marina. Mm-hmm. So took ultimately I did what I did too because Asterion wasn't looking good. Liana, I believe, had gone down once or twice. Yeah. Parlax, kept going down and she had stayed down at this point. Leana's uh, main role was basically trying to buff and heal the party while Asterion and and Helena fought off uh, fought off Ethel. Now, not to say Leana didn't get in a few good hits. She did. But uh, but yeah, she was trying to keep everybody alive. And I was running out of spell slots. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, let me hear this damage. What what we miss out on? Okay, so there's um, she can give you like a piece of her hair, and it mm-hmm. gives you a plus one in any um attribute you would like. I could I could I needed that for charisma, man. My charisma yeah. solo with Helena is a negative one, and the amount of charisma checks you come across in this game yeah. is ridiculous. Like that. That is your main check, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, well, that and I would say dexterity in a second. Dexterity for combat and charisma for any type of encounter verbally, which, I mean, it makes sense, but, you know, in tabletop D&D, I feel like people lean more towards wisdom saves because 
you get hit with a lot of spells that can take you out very quickly if you can't pass wisdom. But mm-hmm. yeah, I lost my train of thought. What I was about to talk about. Uh, her what what loot she gives you? Oh yeah, that's the that's the main piece of loot that um. Okay, well that's that not too bad. about. Get that plus one, but in this game, not getting attributes is like, you know, yeah. get them on level ups. So yeah, if you they... got like a 17 in your strength and you get that, then you got an 18, which is your plus what four at that point. So then at that point, you might just take a feat and be like, cool. It's what a lot of like mid maxers, min maxers like to get. They say, oh yeah, they put incorporate that into all their builds. Like, yeah, you get that from that, then you can do this. It's just one of those. For people that like to optimize, yeah, they're stingy with their with their ability score improvements. Got that right? Not even every other level, right? Not even every other level. But maybe it's That's for balance. Wild. Maybe it's for balance. I, maybe, maybe. But, but then again, they could have scaled. They could have scaled it appropriately if they gave it yeah. every other. That's true. It just makes me feel like there's less. I mean, besides picking up picking your spells. Mm-hmm. Um, when you level up, if you even have spells, uh, picking your spells when you level up, and then the occasional feat, there's not much to the level up process Mm-mm. until you start doing crazy multi classes and stuff. But the fact that yeah. you don't have any, um, at least you don't have to have attribute like uh, requirements to multi class and this stuff, so That's that true. gives you yeah. a lot of freedom of like, okay, well. I have to focus on having this stat super high if I want to get a particular thing from this class or this one or things like that. Because people do that in, um, can I think of an example? Not right now, but in like 5e, people do things where they just tap into a class just for one item or one ability and then forget mm-hmm. it. Like people do that with a ranger, like Gloomstalker, for example. They don't even care about having a wisdom besides the point where it needs to be for the requirements and they keep it pushing because they just want the level three stuff and then they'll go off and do all the other things they want to do whatever build they're trying to create at that time mm-hmm. a mid-maxing in in 5e is a totally different beast is it mid-maxing got... or mid-maxing is it is mid-maxing because i've been saying that. i've been just going back and forth with it uh, the whole i think it, i think it's min-maxing min-maxing well, y'all yeah, know what we're I, talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what we're saying. <laughs> but yeah, on five E, it's ridiculous, man. Like, yeah, I'll be delving into it, but once they start breaking out the formulas and all that, I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> I, I want to do damage, but it ain't that deep for me right there. Start rolling out calculations. Yeah, that pretty much uh, concludes our fight with Ethel. It ends with her falling to her quote unquote death in the yeah. chasm. Yeah. I better not come across her again. I will gladly kill her again. Oh, it'd be a different fight this time. Mm-hmm. She's not ready for Helena now. I mean, I guess I still have the disadvantage, but we'll have we'll have Will most likely with us that time. I feel like that's something that that hurt us. I didn't have it. The thing about this game, and it may also be in Five uh, E as well, but the thing about this game is. To make an impact in a combat quickly, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Spellcasting. Oh yeah. Spellcasting is always the way to go. 
Yeah, casters, man, it gets to a point where it's like marshals can't even compete. Like, it's cool. You can hit, you can do this and that, but like I said in that what episode one, people will start manipulating reality, whole person, mm-hmm. like but I guess that's why it's a good synergy because most martial classes they aren't squishy. Get your spell, but then it gets to the point spell casters do ridiculous amount of damage. You start getting the spirit guardians, blight, you know, it just gets to the point where it's fireball, like ridiculous amount of energy. I mean, yeah, and if you energy. let a spellcaster if you let a spellcaster set up and get like set up their resistances, their mage armors, their yeah, armor their, of Agathis, uh, all that crazy. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Don't and let them be like, a uh, ab- abjuration um wizard with those extra which not even it's like a force field around them which stacks with other hit points, like temporary hit points. It's like it gets ridiculous. Mm. But yeah, so we we killed Ethel, and then we we basically ransacked, looted the place. Didn't really find m- much stuff. She had a lot of potions. I remember that. Got a lot of potions lying around. I haven't even tried any of them potions. I I probably should have looked up what they did, but I ain't even got a lot of y'all. I I got rid of my my inventory. Um, what? I, I've got a bunch of potions. I still use them. They come in handy as well. Not so much the fire resistance. There's a lot less fire in this game, or at least through our playthroughs of it, than, say, Divinity. Divinity, mm. every encounter we have, there is fire all over that field. You've got, necro fire, you've got everything. necro fire, everything. Like, it's, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, It really is tough. Yeah, apparently that one encounter we did, we had to protect that dude, which is the equivalent of the encounter at Flashlight Inn, basically the same difficulty levels where there's necro fire everywhere. Apparently that's one of the hardest encounters in the game, well, one that people complain about the most. But the, the last light in? Uh-uh, the one on Divinity. Oh, so you okay. got to protect that dude from um and all those fire slugs or whatever they was coming around. And set that whole area on fire. Oh yeah, that was that was a fun fight. Though. I really enjoyed it Divinity. Uh, Divinity itself is a long game. I feel like it's longer than Baldur's Gate. I feel like we're breezing through Baldur's Gate, but Divinity, Divinity's got some some hours to it for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Probably because it's not so, so like. Cinematic or triple A, yeah. I mean, they got some neat cinematical stuff in Divinity. Anyway, well, <laughs> this as of right now, this is Baldur Gates podcast. Not a they gonna be like they gonna say no, we need some Divinity now. <laughs> oh, oh, you guys might get some Divinity eventually. Yeah, depending on how far this goes. But uh, so yeah, we we finish out ransacking ransacking her place, and we head out into the swamp. Yeah. Um, not so walking around a little bit, Liana and uh Astarian run into some red caps first. They get in they get in the fight, um and then I I Helena and, and uh Carlac join them a little bit later. And uh 
Helena and Carl, like, go ahead. It's funny because I was I went into the fight and um at first rounds are you in combat? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming off the high of I think we had just leveled up and we had just beat Helena. So I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I'm good, I'm good. But no red cats whooped our ass in there. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> and then, like, what? And we did some damage to him. I remember uh I was like, I was like, yeah, that right there almost dead. Yeah, Helena came dark, in there and clean house. Try to direct them. Like, yeah, I did damage that right there. It should be hurt. But yeah, they came in and saved us and um saved the support, came in there and knocked them on out. So that was a funny moment. I had fun with that. And unfortunately, around the red caps are the bodies of Joel and Demir. So all three siblings got to meet each other in the nine hills. Mm, I'm weak. That's a bar. <laughs> Look, oh, you should no. they should have just joined up with us, agreed to it, and then they could have pulled the fucking lever to get their sister down instead of <laughs> instead yeah. of uh being rude and running off and getting killed by some red caps. Them two got what they deserve. I think there's a way, um, they say there's a way that you can save them. Where I'm sure, at once you get to that point, you don't, um, you don't offer them help, and so they will go back home or something like that. But mm. I don't know if that's true or not. I have to research more into it because if it I'll, is true, I'll, I'll save them next time. Whenever I get to the point where I want to do my perfect playthrough where every encounter goes, I kind of curated the how I want it. But that'd be once I'm like well-versed in the game as much as I can be. I'll try my best to um, figure out how to save everybody that I want to save and how to go about doing stuff stealthily and smoothly and stuff. I wonder if you... I wonder if there's a way to come across their combat or their encounter before they get killed. Mm-mm. No? And, um, and early access, because I watched a video on it, but it was still open-ended because he was like, well, I want to go, once the full game release, I want to go and see if they really went home or whatnot. But, yeah, you know, he tried to get there before they would arrive, like, ran in front of them, ran in front of them and everything. But this was early access, so maybe it's different now, but, yeah, you know, the bodies just spawned in. They didn't um, land there. Hey. So, That's but I don't know. I'll try to figure out if I can save them in a different playthrough. And if so, I definitely will. Yeah, and then after that, we uh, basically, we do our, our, I think that's when we do our levels and we um, we switch our companions back yeah. to Shadowheart and Will. Yeah, I love you, Astarian, and you did what mm-hmm. you had to do, but um, I need Bay back. Mm-hmm. Because... I was like, man, solo healing? I said, nah, I need some help. And that encounter would have went completely different with Shadowheart and uh, Will there. Mm-hmm, for sure. And then uh, while we were at the camp, so finding out what happens with Vola, right? I don't remember if we did, we talked about it in, in uh, episode two. But Volo, if you follow through with, with his stuff of him trying to pierce through your eye to get to the the uh tadpole 
if you follow through with that, he'll accidentally pop your eye out because he gets more. He gets progressively like more dangerous as he goes along, and um, you'll get. He'll give you an eyeball that gives you basically true sight or true seeing, where you can see at least you see invisibility. Not you won't necessarily be able to see through illusions, but you'll see through invisibility. Um, when I found this out, I was like, sweet, maybe I'll be able to go and uh, switch out my my hag's eye for this so i go to him and it won't it won't let you it basically it says something along the lines of um you decide not to because you only have one good eye left so which uh, makes absolutely no sense because i right. take take this one out and put that one in mm-hmm. but, but you don't you don't get a choice because uh unfortunately liana lost her Typhling eye or demon eye because of that. Yep, because they went for the he went for the demon eye, not the normal one. So now Leanna has just two normal eyes, but she can't see invisibility. So it works out. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. It came into use one time, but I wasn't. Um, it was like triggering, but it was triggering from outside. So it wasn't like I had line of sight on. Whatever was mm-hmm. invisible, but you got to you got to use it with uh, the shadows too, right? Like that once we came across some some shadows in the Shadowland. I feel like that's true. I yeah. think so, but we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, we are approaching the hour mark. You want to get into some closing discussions or? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a good. Um, our first episode was on like forty eight minutes. Really. Yeah. How long our was second the second one? Episode? Our second one was long. It was an hour. Yeah, we change. covered a lot of ground. Yeah, it was an hour with some change. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's basically I think that's as far as we're gonna take it as of right now with uh because we're we're getting close to closing out um act one. We gotta we gotta discuss what happens when we go back to that bridge with the gith and then then we move on into another area. Uh, I do want to talk about for a second. I want to talk about um, some stuff that we missed because uh, in my drew in my um, darker druid campaign, not campaign um, game. Uh, when you go to fight these bandits that are holed up in in this ruined um, area. Uh, mm-hmm. We had just killed them. We didn't just we didn't search around, and uh, you can search around and it, and it's basically a whole underground area to go looking through. And I I haven't finished going through that area. I know you have, um, or at least yeah. you've gone down there. Yeah. But if you're not careful, you will blow yourself to hell like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I switched yeah. myself out of turn. Like if you, so if you trigger a trap in that game, um, sometimes it'll put you in turn-based mode, right? So it'll let it'll give you a chance to try to disarm it before you die, basically, and not thinking about it because I knew this at this point because we've ran into a few other traps. Um, not thinking about it though, I turned it out of turn-based mode and it killed everybody, and I was like, well, damn. There's some interesting combats in that too. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, fun little first dungeon in my um first Dark Urge playthrough. 
I got through that entire dungeon with just uh, myself and Shadowheart. Really? Yeah, I had yeah. originally gone down there with just... Who was it? It was just me and Shadowheart. And I just just was not cutting it. I don't know if it's just because I'm not good at this game, <laughs> tactically, or if it's just because the druid isn't as strong or, or whatever. But we were we were getting beat. Not really getting beat. The combats were just tough. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. I want to go and pick up um, Astarian and Gale before I head back. Oh, I had I had Lazelle with me, too, when I originally went down there. But then uh, I dropped Lazelle because she's just so rude. She's just so rude. I don't want to be. You just got. You got to get through with her. You got to get through Act One, Lazelle. Act Two, Act Two, Lazelle. Once you get to the the crash and all of that stuff, and things start happening, yeah. And then like, oh yeah. You didn't get to see her reaction to all of that stuff that happened. So it really, she really started coming around. And That's good. Great. Like, yeah, I, I'm going to, once, once we, uh, once I get to the crush with her, I'll, I'll, I'll probably, honestly, I'll probably give them the artifact. I just want to see what, what would happen. But that's for, that's for a later episode. We're getting in spoiler territory. You know, <laughs> we should probably put spoiler tags at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, uh, I mean, it should be implied common sense. Yeah, but, but it ain't so common. It ain't so common. <laughs> we haven't had a complaint yet, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Man, this uh, yeah. I could say yeah, I put in a, um, put in a lot of hours into this game with a lot of different characters, and so far I'm still still impressed. So far. Uh, I don't know between Act One and Act Two, which one's my favorite so far. Act One just feels so like grandiose because you don't know anything, and it's like what? But as the more stuff get revealed, it's like okay, now I'm starting to see the pathway of what's going on and what I need to do. Moonrise Towers. Uh, everything points to Moonrise Towers. How many hours did you say you put in? One hundred seventy nine. 170.9 so basically 171 yeah 171 hours dang i put in 48.2 hours so not even not even half of what you put into yeah i'll be going crazy that's all that's the week of my life <laughs> mm-hmm this uh it's a it's a neat game so you know for the first week or two there was all this praise for this game but now mm-hmm. i'm actually starting to see now we're a month in there's actually people starting to like they're getting through it they've gotten to the third act people are saying the third act drops off like takes a weird turn all your all your decisions don't really matter as much in act 3 and it's really interesting and disappointing to hear if that turns out to be true i mean there's always haters and you have to experience things for yourself so we won't definitely know but we will definitely find out and report it to you guys Mm -hmm. i feel like i think act one was so lit and i'm sure the ending of act two is gonna be crazy with whatever's gonna go down that moonrise and 
and this spot with Shadowheart. Um, yeah, so maybe it's just like that coming down of it, like um, Infinity War and Endgame. Like Infinity War was crazy. Endgame was it was good, it was cool, but it won Infinity War. Right. But maybe it's like that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll tell you honest opinion. I ain't gonna lie to you. And I think you know? honestly, it comes down to just the sheer amount of hype that this game had surrounded or like around it. Mm-hmm. That that's hard to maintain and live up to. Yeah. Because eventually the game has to narrow mm-hmm. in because it's a game. So it's like, yeah, it's super broad, but eventually it has to narrow in. I saw a comment that said Act 3, it says this is basically uh, Early Access 2.0 dealing with Act 3. I said, damn. Oh, yeah, that, there was people complaining a, about... That's a statement. The, yeah, people were complaining about bugs and stuff real bad in Act 3. Hopefully yeah. by the time we get there, because I've heard there's another update coming around. Yeah, um, so far, update. we've had a we've had a uh, the first update and then a mini update, and now there's another update coming around. Yeah, um, apparently it's supposed to be ridiculous, but we'll see. Yeah, and by the time we probably do episode four or episode five, we'll probably be talking about another playthrough that we're we're we will start working through because our our buddy. He's got the game, so we're gonna probably link up with him and and show him a little bit of the ropes or or whatever, just to test yeah. it out. So yeah, we'll, we'll briefly yeah, mention that. I don't want to yeah. bog down you guys with too many threads, <laughs> plot threads. How many uh, how many episodes do you think it's gonna take for us to finish a game? How many podcast episodes? Uh, you know what. I don't uh, honestly. I I couldn't tell you because yeah. I don't know how long Act Two is or Three. Um, we've done a decent long, amount think. of stuff with Two so far, and here we are in Act. We're we're almost finishing up Act One, and we've got well, at least one more episode. Hey guys, he said um, he was like, we already did a lot in Act Two. We ain't even in the Moonrise Towers yet. Right, exactly. Exactly. But that's for another podcast. Yep, yep. Before we head out, we was we was having a conversation about uh companions or who was the favorite, who wasn't the favorite, or who was the favorite companion. And we was like, we talked about him a lot. But instead of saying your favorite companion, well we I think we all know who Ryan's least favorite companion is. <laughs> all right, Ryan, who's your least favorite companion? Honestly, I haven't, I haven't touched Housen with a ten foot pole yet. Like, uh, oh, I forgot just, about Housen. Housen has been so neglected. I just don't. There's something about him. It could just be because you get to fuck him as a bear, which is like just weird to me. Um, I don't want to even remotely accidentally come across that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um. Besides that, I honestly no, no, it's not that. I I couldn't I couldn't give a rat's ass if that happened. Honestly, the thing about Housen that kind of irks me is his poor handling of the Grove and and Kaga. Yeah, I'm, I'm carrying some Typhlin grudges on that dude for that because that just 
Gaga just did not sit right with me. And if it were up to Helena, she would have she would have had a, a head on a, her head on a pike. Yeah, we could have, but that would have caused a war. <laughs> that would have been an interesting, different development. Now, my least favorite companion that we've used so far has probably been Carlac. I like Carlac aesthetically. I like her in the gameplay or like the the, the cutscenes and interacting with her. But just, Bro. I guess, my misuse of her abilities and not leveling her up correctly. So I've got to, I'll respec her and then uh, give her another chance and then um, report Please. back to you guys. Respect her. Give her a strong weapon, right? And go wild heart bear barbarian. It's Boy. just, it's just so many. It's hard to compare to Will. Like his just utility. When his storyline is is very compelling, his um utility in the game is is amazing. And then just the fact that I'm I love warlocks in Five E. I think they're they're they might be one of my favorite classes. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. really get to play, um, but just dealing with their storylines as a DM and trying to like do stuff with warlocks. And the the one time that I did play a warlock in your campaign was amazing. Like, I'm warlocks are mm-hmm. dope. Warlocks are dope. Warlocks. Well, <laughs> warlocks are dope. Yeah. Um, and then. Probably. My least favorite. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, Gail just personally gets on my nerves. He's just a little annoying. Oh yeah, I remember what I was gonna say. Yeah, I can oh. understand that. Um, the... did we? Uh oh, go ahead. Uh, did we? When did the Elmister stuff happen? The who? Because the El the Elmister. Elmister. Um, Elmister. Oh, when did that happen? Did that happen after we went to the crash? I completely forgot about that. I'm trying to remember what it is. I That's when that name. that old wizard man. It was. It was. Oh, I think yeah, after that we. Was, uh, uh, that was after the crash. Yeah, we was going down the mountain pass. Bobby okay, Dorn. it was after we uh, killed the death shepherds. Yeah, after we killed the death. Okay, shepherds. okay, I gotta work that in. Because then we dub- we doubled back and went to the crash, right? Or did we go to the crash? Yeah, after after uh, after that we went to the crash. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, I have forgot about Elmeister. But yeah, I was gonna say I feel like the two companions with the most fleshed out story so far is um Shadowheart and Will. Mm-hmm. You can tell who their favorites might have been. Yeah, definitely. Harlax, a part of Will's story. Uh, Gail, I feel like out there. Uh, well, I'm not going to get into all of that because it's going to start getting into other stuff that we're mm-hmm. going to discuss and bleed into the next episode. So, yeah, my least favorite companion, I would say, is... Shit. I might be with you. Halson, I mean... He's got to be Halson. Neither one he, of us has talked to Halson. He cool, but he kind of like that overly boring, stoic superhero, superman type feel. Yeah. And um, 
but he was trying to get out of the grove like because when you ask him like you want to leave well you feel bad about leaving he said oh no he said i like to be in the wild i'm like oh okay this nigga don't care oh i probably shouldn't say that (laughs) (laughs) you're allowed to say it like I'm gonna keep it in there. They probably like that. And I think that's the first time I said it. That man don't care. But he don't care about the Grove, man. That's good. Was... Go he really side. don't care about the Grove because he left the Grove to go chase down more information about the parasites yeah. and got captured. He just and seems like... like the Moonrise stuff he keeps talking about is his fault, too. So, like, this dude failed being a leader in the Grove. Started all like started all that shadow curse bullshit. <laughs> like he's just not. He's the true villain. Yeah, he might be. Who knows? There might be a plot twist like that. House and it's just the... misguided. I think Maybe. he's troubled by um troubled by his past failure, so it kind of blinds him to. He can't really focus on other things. So he's so blinded by past mistakes. Now I do have to address something you you said. Can't mm-hmm. I can't take the Superman slander. I've started I've started really enjoying <laughs> Superman. Uh <laughs> the boy Super- won though. I mean, Superman, Superman does have he's gotten a lot better though. He's gotten more uh well Superman always had pretty much good depth from like me watching his um live action from uh what's that shit? I'm showing my age now. Smallville. Uh oh, yeah. then I was watching uh Zack Snyder's Lois, Lois and then all the animated ones like oh, Superman yeah. was him. That's that's really my main influence was the animated ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the one that got me into really appreciating Superman was um this newest the newest uh anime that came out was the um My Adventures with Superman on Adult Swim and uh HBO. Is it good? Man? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. The, it's drawn like an anime, and it's just super. It's just a super compelling story. It's basically it's an origin story of Superman. Um, I might have to watch that tonight. Trying to figure out his his powers and where he comes from. He doesn't know who or what he is really. Um, mm. All he all he knows is his parents, John and Martha, found him. In a spaceship, they show him his spaceship. He gets scared and doesn't go back until way later. And like it, uh, it slowly, like he, it's really good, especially like towards the end. Of the, I think yeah, the last episode came out uh, today, Friday. Yeah, I'm having to check that out. Perfect. This is the last episode I can binge I'm, watch. I believe so. Oh, and little little spoiler for you: it's not too big, but Slade's in it. Oh, shoot. Slay be slaying. Slay, slay the motherfucking problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but oh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, housing, housing, not so much. Housing, not, not so not so cool. We got to help him with the Shadow Curse stuff. Now, I do wonder how the game is when you're not playing a custom hero. Like yeah. how their storylines are. Yeah, I want to play through eventually as uh oh i'll probably start off as car like really i was go. thinking of starring yeah starring would be fun too uh but first i really like car like i really um and probably this new dark urge play through 
because this Dark Earth playthrough, I'm not actively trying to be do all the evil things. Like I'm even thinking about going back on the me just outright fighting Kaga because I'm getting the because certain things happen. I don't want to happen due to future knowledge that I have because <laughs> I can't tell you exactly. Because a certain person needs to survive because they get certain powers later on in Act 2. Ryan know who I'm talking about. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so. Dang. Gotta keep them alive. Yeah, got to. Plus, it's like, it just feels... It hurt my soul. Yeah. Especially in my profession. But, all right, people... You got anything else else you want to say, bro? Nah, uh, I'm good. If you just want to plug the socials, we can be out of here. Oh, yeah. You know, you can find me on mostly everything. Hold on. I might be lying to y'all. Carefree Sound on Instagram, I believe. Yeah, Carefree Sound. Um, TikTok, the Carefree Spirit. Remember, Carefree with a K in front of all these. Instagram, Carefree Sound. TikTok the Carefree Spirit. And then for the main main social, you can go um the co-op champions on TikTok. I gotta really work on our Twitter and Instagram. Twitter Twitter is the co-op champions and Instagram is the co-op champs. Or we could say X, but that's lame. Uh but yeah, that's that's about it. I will get us a link tree here soon and yeah. It make it one click and you can see everything. So yeah, I yeah, appreciate- you can find me on. Oh, sorry, bro. Go sorry. ahead. You can find me on TikTok at uh, your average run as well. Don't forget. Uh, don't don't forget to plug your your albums and stuff, bro. You know, plug them that music. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna get to y'all because I'm gonna <laughs> record a music video tomorrow to promote it it's just been so much going on and trying to get back into the swing of work life and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and, but now we we trying to get the we're not trying but we're getting the ball rolling and you know changing changing our lives around how we want to live yeah but it takes work and time but i'm getting it i'm getting mm-hmm. on it but you can find my music on all major streaming platforms at just carefree it's k-a-r-e-f-r-e-e find me everywhere my latest album indigo very personal album and then if you want some lit stuff just is that anything. out already yeah indigo yeah it dropped i see i ain't promoting it when you drop you did a silent drop on me i did a silent drop on the people it dropped it's been out for almost a month now i dropped in august what? august 8th <laughs> bro now i feel like a bad friend Oh no! You can't feel out. like a you can't feel like a bad friend. I didn't promote it. I probably I think I put something <laughs> on Snapchat one time, and I didn't say nothing about it. Cause then I wanted to see how I was also like I want to see how I do. And then I'm a very confident person, but when it comes to music, I'm like, Ugh. cause it's so mm-hmm. personal. And I'm pretty reserved. So I'm like, Ugh. I don't really want people to hear this, but I put it out anyway. But I got to get over that. So cause hopefully, well, I'm sure it can help some people. But yeah, Indigo, it's all about span of five years, a whole lot of everything that's went through and what's been going on in life and stuff. And then music for the times we're living in, that was just a whole bunch of lit stuff. But some of it's like about women and stuff. But I always rap about women and depression and stuff like that. But go check it out and, and some toxic stuff. Just go have some fun with it. And um, 
I appreciate any views and any listens. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks, thanks, uh, thank you all for listening. Rate, review, and have uh, have the day you deserve. Exactly. Create your reality, your divine timeline, and I am. Yeah, I gotta work on the. I gotta put some stuff on the TikTok too. All right, yeah, later, guys. Later, guys.